Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody. Welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Eric McLean is fresh off of his trip to Blacksburg, Virginia, where he was there with ACC Network doing the Virginia Tech Boston College game. We'll talk all about that game throughout this episode as we have a billion games to talk about. But Mac, how was it? The crowd looked lit. It looked yeah. awesome. They, they were jacked up. It was amazing to see KG, uh, to, to experience it. It was one thing, you know, a year ago that for the first time against Notre Dame, uh, but this time there, there was so much more juice. I mean, there was not an empty seat in the entire house, maybe the tippy, tippy top corner, uh, but that was it. I mean, I was very impressed with the uh, attendance, the excitement, the juice that they brought to that team, uh, and then just being on the field for inner Sandman, there, there's a uh, – the, the rock in the hill is obviously very special to me, but there, there's nothing quite like that. And uh, just hearing the entire you know fan base and stance singing that song, it was uh, it was really cool. So always fun when we get to go hang out in Blacksburg and, and see those guys. And shout out to the Virginia Tech faithful. You knew they'd show up. It's what they do. That's but right. <laughs> coming off an embarrassing loss in week one, they were there to support their teams. Before we dive into all these ACC games this weekend, I just want to ask your initial thoughts, Mac, because I have thoughts. Speaking of VT being upset week one, that's an afterthought now because of what we saw this weekend. A few of the big upsets that come to mind, that none of them were in the ACC. App State going to College Station and being number six, Texas A&M. You've got Nebraska losing to Georgia Southern. Firing and then you their also, coach. <laughs> yeah, firing their coach. And then you brought up Notre Dame from last year. Notre Dame losing to Marshall. I mean, yeah. what in the world? What, which of those games surprised you the most, Mac? And what was your reaction? Mm, probably Marshall. Like, that's probably yeah. the worst loss yeah. in Notre App, Dame history. we knew about App. App, yeah, App's good. I mean, we just saw them. Um, surprised that they go to College Station and get a dub? Absolutely. But Marshall getting that victory, the fact that, you know, Coach is starting 0-3 at Notre Dame going back to the bowl game. Oh, wow. It's it's nuts. I mean, that, that's crazy because there's so much excitement. There's so much, you know, uh, you know, momentum with recruiting and all this stuff for Notre Dame. And then to to suffer back to back losses and, and a loss to Marshall like that. I mean, that that's crazy. Jordan Cornett was flabbergasted. He, he was he was Rough not in night. a good spot. Uh, and just the way it ended, the pick six and then another pick to seal it. That was a crazy game. So to me, Marshall, you know, takes the cake there. But how about the Sun Belt in general, just dominating uh, early on and, and deserving some respect? So big shout out to the Fun Belt um, and, and just unbelievable performance. I mean, what an what an amazing first two weeks of the college football season for those guys. For sure. And again, it makes UNC's win at App State look pretty darn good. You know, right. App State fans are thinking, if only. If they had right, beat yeah. UNC and they're top 25 they, today, they, they're top 25. Definitely, definitely be ranked. The other interesting thing that happened outside the league before we dive into the league is Bama looked very beatable. And Texas, if their starting quarterback doesn't go down, which Pittsburgh experienced a similar thing, and we'll talk about that. Hey, hey, Alabama fans, tell me if you've heard this before. If that <laughs> right. Texas quarterback stays healthy, we oh, get come you. On. Mac, come on. I mean, it, it felt I like that may that. have happened. But I, I think the bottom line, and I'm, I'm, you know, we'll see on Texas because Texas sure. does this most years. They play someone close, and all of a sudden they're back. Right. 
But I do think Bama has a ways to go. And this makes you feel like perhaps some the, the playoff is a little more wide open than we thought just a couple weeks ago. If Pittsburgh could have won on Saturday, that yeah. would be a very good sign for them. But there's still plenty of ACC teams in the mix. Do you feel like it's yeah. a little more wide open now? Well, I think it's Georgia and everybody else. I mean, Georgia yeah, looks really good. Uh, the dogs. But there's I mean, four spots. Know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You you thought it would be this significant drop off when they lose so much on the defensive side of the ball specifically. And th- those guys, it's par for the course. They're, they're ready to go. So they look really special. But I agree with you. I mean, it, it's going to be really fun to see who the heck comes down with this thing. Everybody thought Baylor was going to make a huge push. They get upset by BYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy at the end of the year just to see who ends up where, and all the ranked teams that lost yesterday. Uh, does a USC from the Pac-12 make a giant push? Their offenses looked very, very good. Uh, they paid a lot of money for it, but it looks good. Um, and, and so just seeing moving forward, you know, I think we're going to have, I think we're going to have a, a different four, at least a couple of new faces that yeah. haven't been there uh, before. Well, Mac, if A&M taught us anything, it's that money can't buy you wins. That's right. That's right. And we know it can't buy you happiness. That's Poor right. A&M fans, man. It's, hey, it it's can buy me a boat, though, so I'm cool with it. it. buy you a boat. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about some of these games, Mac. I've sorted them into the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll start with the good. Let's start positive here. There's only one ugly, only one ugly loss for the ACC that's right. this weekend, and uh That's Virginia, but we'll get to that at the end. So let's talk about the good. First and foremost, Mac, we need to apologize. Now, to be fair, Louisville is a team that never makes any sense. So it's not really our fault. But let's give Louisville some credit for going down to Orlando, beating UCF in their stadium. Malik Cunningham, he he looked more like the quarterback we thought he was going to look like. He had a great game running the ball, throwing it. I thought this quote after the game was very telling, Mac, where Scott Satterfield said, we let Malik be who he is. We didn't really let him loose last week, and that's on me, end yeah. quote. What did you make of that? Yeah, you know, I, I reflected back to t- talking with Coach Satterfield this summer and saying that they went through periods where they didn't let him run, that, yes. that they Remember? You know, yeah. made him throw the football. And, and so, you know, was that happening? We kind of discussed that, you know, not on TV, but while we were just sitting there, you know, did, 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 did coach tell him not to run? You know, was right. he limiting that? And so it's really funny that he said that after the game, and we just all kind of looked at each other like, okay, maybe he was telling him that. Maybe he did want to put emphasis on, on him being a passer there. But with a guy that special, you got to let him be who he is. You have to let him cook. You have to let him be the best athlete on the field. And that's exactly what you saw. Now, was it still this massive outpour of points. I thought this point, I thought this was going to be super high scoring and back yeah. and forth, uh, but it absolutely wasn't. It kind of further proves my point of the team of mystery for the third straight year in Louisville. Uh, you, you just don't know what you're going to get, but an amazing win, especially when all the wind was kind of pulled out of your sails in, in game one at going to Syracuse and, and just not being able to do anything. You go down to the bounce house, you win in a very tough environment. I think that's their third loss in like three or four years at home. So that's, it's a very impressive record that they have there. And so now you just got to build. Now you just have to keep going and, uh, you know, c- continue to find some stability, find some consistency, and uh, just understand it's a long season. And, and anything can happen in this loaded Atlantic division. Quite loaded. And it's very hard to start your year with two straight road games. And also think about this, Mac, on opposite sides of the East Coast. Like you went up to Syracuse, <laughs> you went back to Louisville, you went down to Orlando. I just thought this was a big win for Louisville, and it it meant a lot for that program. And now they have some momentum going into the Florida State game. I I think that game 
is going to be really fun this week. But I still don't really know who Louisville is. Their defense made some plays when they had to. They got some big stops. But also, UCF does not have a quarterback. Plumlee just looked bad. So I'm not sure how good the win is, but the bottom line is it's a win. You won on the road. You'll take it if you're Louisville. Uh, that's right, and we'll we'll have a better indicator this Friday night. Louisville just yes, was playing that high school wait. football route, uh, you know, going and, and playing Tallahassee. Going to be excited to see that. And you're right, we'll, we'll have a better understanding of okay, what is that defense going to look like? Because uh, obviously, Florida State ha- has started the season off very very well, coming off a of bye week. So you know, an, another tough task for Louisville. Yeah, and FSU getting the bye. That's big too. Okay, continuing in the good section here. Sam Hartman is back, and uh, dude is not rusty. Okay, number 23, Wake Forest, goes to Vanderbilt, handles the Commodores 45-25. to 25. They cover Eric McLean. Uh Sam Hartman, 18 of 27 for 300 yards, four tutties. I want to give you a quote as well from this one where Dave Clawson said after the game, he's one of the premier quarterbacks in the country. <laughs> he said that on our show a couple months ago quite That's a few right. times because he didn't like a certain tweet that we had nothing to do with. But anyway, Sam Hartman looked great. A.T. Perry is that dude. He he went off. He was excellent. And I know Vanderbilt's not that good, but the Wake defense forcing Vandy to go away from Mike Wright, I, I thought that was a good sign too, Mac. No, it was, that was the most impressive part because I knew offense was going to be fine, right? When you have a guy that is that experienced, that, that is that old, that is that good of a leader, you know, he's just going to step right in and, and, you know, right where he left off. And, and he's going to have that offense humming. I can't even imagine what the excitement level was, you know, in that locker room or in that team meeting when they announced, okay, our guy's good. He's back. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm sure that was a, a big celebration and, and guys were having a big time there. Um, and so I, I expected what we saw offensively, the defense, I mean, they, they just, they got it done and, and they did this a year ago. They were great at getting turnovers, top five in the country. Yeah. Um, kind of tailed off at the end of the season there, but the things that they were able to do early, I think they were like first in the country at one point. So that's going to be the biggest piece for Wake Forest moving forward. When you play NC State, when you play Clemson, if you get to, you know, back to an ACC championship and you're playing a Pittsburgh or Miami, you know, for it all is those big games, those games that really, really matter, your defense has to step up. They have to be able to make plays for you uh, and, and not just get steamrolled by guys. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing, more consistency from that aspect. And, man, getting that ball, getting extra offensive possessions for this high-octane octane team that we have here, it's always going to be a good thing. So great to see Sam picking up, like you said, distributing the ball at a very high clip, running the ball when they needed to. Uh, great to see that this uh, Wake Forest offense is, is going to be right back to firing on all cylinders with Sam. I'm glad. It's more fun for this league when Sam Hartman's playing. And That's the right. bottom line with Wake, and I'm thinking of the Wake-Clemson game coming up in a couple weeks, you are going to have to score to beat right. Wake. Right. That is just the reality. Now, how improved is Wake's defense when they go against a, a good team? We'll see. But you can't – you're not going to be able to score less than 30, 35, and beat Wake Forest. So most I think teams, I agree. I agree most teams. You. Now, with Clemson, we'll see. We'll see. But – uh, I think that they're they're sending a message. They're going to score the ball. No question about it. And I think, again, just the quarterback play, seeing Sam not have any drop-off, seeing him come in, no rust, no angst. I mean, that's a he was in a really difficult spot. I mean, mm-hmm. not knowing when and if he would you know ever play again and, and hearing that it was the, the blood clots and the things that he had to do to get back. Um, it sounded like he did practice to what extent. Obviously, we have no idea. Uh, but it was great to see a, a veteran like that come right back in and really get going. For sure. Okay, 
that we call these games the Brain Bowl. So Wake, of course, <laughs> beat Vandy, and Duke beat Northwestern. So the champions of the Brain Bowl Classic, the ACC. Duke right. went up to Evanston and beat Northwestern 31-24, to a team that beat Nebraska. Now, Nebraska just lost to Jordan Southern, and Nebraska's head coach, Scott Frost, got fired. But whatever, this is still a good win because Vegas had Duke as a 10-point underdog. I, right. I thought this was massive for Duke's program. It's good for the league. Duke got up 21-0. to Riley Leonard played well. Jalen Calhoun was excellent. They did let Northwestern back in the game, so that was a little concerning. But in the end, they were so good against Northwestern on the ground. The, the Wildcats just couldn't run the ball. I thought that was a right. huge difference maker. Duke forced turnovers, which was big. It, winning on the road against another Power 5 team is not easy. And yeah. this is something where, I mean, Mike Elko has made a huge difference like that. It's amazing. Right. It really is. I mean, just to see the, you know, the mindset that these guys have, to see that the way that they carry themselves, mm-hmm. EJ pointed this out, the way that they, you know, run a play, pick the ball up, sprint back to the ref and like, let's go. It's just a, a totally different demeanor. The swagger that we see, you know, defensively, it reminds me a lot of when Coach Hathley came into Boston College. It's just different. It's a mindset thing for these guys. And, and they are they're ready to roll, and yeah. they're playing at a very, very impressive uh, rate right now. And, and to see the progression and to see the things that it just goes to show you, number one, when you have a quarterback, you're in a really good spot. It, you, you know, everything is easier when you have a guy that can throw that thing like Riley can, that has control over the offense, that can be a weapon with his legs. Uh, but then just a mindset and how important coaching is and, and getting these guys – in the right place and a couple of folks on you know their staff reaching out to me saying hey look out like it, it feels different it hasn't felt like this in a mm. while and and so just a lot of excitement in Durham um the one critique you kind of mentioned it there uh I would love to have seen Duke really finish strong not let them get in there but it's college football things things happen that ball bounces weird ways guys can get hot and, and you never know what can quite happen the fact that as you said that they eliminated the run forced Northwestern to throw the ball 60 times is uh, is absolutely crazy. But, you know, again, would love to limit those possessions. I thought it was it was par for the course and, and just kind of that, you know, chef's kiss, if you will, uh, that the defense won the day as Northwestern was about to walk into the end zone to, uh, you know, go up and, and tie that thing. And they pop the ball out, get the ball back. And, and you know, you finish the game on offense. So I thought it was a really cool game for Coach Elko and man. Back-to-back wins. Incredible to see this momentum keep going. And if you, shameless plug, if you missed our interview with Duke quarterback Riley Leonard, go back and listen to it from last week. (laughs) Because his confidence was oozing throughout the interview. And I think it, you know, it showed up in that game. All right, speaking of teams in the triangle, North Carolina continues to take on some of the Sun Belt's best fighters and um, continues to win games for the Atlantic Coast Conference and voluntarily go on the road. I mean, what <laughs> this UNC team, they're just doing such a service to everybody. But That's right. That's look, right. They're 3-0, which you'll take. They're 3-0 and without Josh Downs in their last two games, which is big. And yeah. they've had to battle through adversity. Besides some of the – in terms of undefeated teams, Mac, is there a team out there that has had to go through more adversity – so far on the road, you could talk about Bama winning at Texas and things like that, but they're not 3-0. Like I UNC. don't think, right, when you see a team giving up 40 points in a fourth quarter still finding a way to win, uh, no is the answer. No one has gone through that. Nobody's gone through that. Um, so when I, when I look at this team and, 
man, it all starts with Drake May. Again, how special he is. Had his first turnover, uh, unfortunately, and that was a, a weird underthrown ball. I'm not sure if he was trying to you know, do kind of a back shoulder deal there or if he just didn't have enough on it. Uh, it was kind of a strange deal. And really, you know, he, he faced some adversity himself because Georgia State was getting after him mm-hmm. and you know, really putting some weird pressure on him. And then they're going back and forth. They walk down, of course, uh, and score at will anytime they wanted to. Uh, and so it put not him in a really quarter. tough spot. That sure, sure, put him in a really tough spot, and and then of course with uh, Amari on Hampton, I mean, just an absolute freak. I, I told y'all the first yeah. day I saw this cat, he he he's hey twenty eight's different. This guy's he's there's something different about him, and uh, you know he goes to the house. I think it was sixty yards, fifty yards, whatever it was, and then of course on the next possession pounds it in there to win the football game. So offensively love what I'm seeing from those guys. We'd like to see him protect Drake a little bit better, uh, but that's going to be growing pains with that offensive line. And, you know, defense is what it is. You know, they, they just are going to be that. Hopefully they can get better. And, uh, you know, they, they limited somebody to 28 points. So that, that's a big win. <laughs> they didn't give up any points in the fourth quarter. That was big. You got to give them a little credit there. That's but right. <laughs> UNC, like, have you seen a team who's 3-0 and try to lose games more, like shoot themselves in the foot more. That, right. that has to get better. I think that's what's so encouraging for UNC fans. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and again, it, everything comes down to quarterback play when, when you're talking about this game because it is such an important position. Uh, the, the things that they can do and, and the impact that they can have on the game. So when you have a guy like Drake, you just feel so much better and hope that, you know, he can be the water that all rises, yes. you know, and, and raises, excuse me, all ships around him. And, and this team just – you know, get it figured out because a couple weeks, you know, they're facing Notre Dame, a very wounded Notre Dame team, but it's a big brand game and it's a big perception game. And it's almost one of those kind of like Vandy and Wake, you, you have to get it done at this point. Like when you see the results, it, it would be, you know, embarrassing for the league to, to not get it done. So, you know, a lot of emphasis will be put on that and, you know, a great opportunity for those guys to, to welcome the Gold Domers to Chapel Hill. Mac, did you just compare Notre Dame to Vanderbilt? Uh, yeah, I mean, 0-3 with your coach, 0-2, and, and yeah. I don't think Vandy would lose to the herd. Maybe they would. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if they would. I mean. <laughs> but I'll also say this about Notre Dame. I have said multiple times that I don't know how good they're going to be. Like, people ask yeah, me, are you doubts. really excited? Are you excited for that Clemson-Notre Dame game? I said, well, I mean, will Notre Dame be ranked when Clemson plays them? I'm, I'm not sure. And uh, here we are. <laughs> wow. Well, look, and UNC can beat the Sun Belt, and Notre Dame apparently can't. So there you go. I just, I've never really heard Notre Dame and Vandy compared in football, but that's why you come they to the They both have gold helmets. They're both decent institutes. They're both good. I'm, I'm being. They're both, acad- rude. Good They're both academic very, very nice academic institutions. So there's a lot of similarities. Wow. Okay. Let's move on to more games in the good here. Syracuse handles UConn in a rivalry Ooh. game, 48 to 14. Eric Schrader. Gosh, looks so good. So Mac. good, KG. Well, I'm just. I'm speechless. I'm speechless when it comes to Garrett Schrader. I looked up a few things with Schrader, okay? Last year through 12 games, he had nine passing touchdowns. This year through two games, he has five. Last year, he completed completed 53% of his passes. This year through two games, 79%. Now, I know it's just a two-game sample size, but it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And for anybody to sit here and say, outside of Garrett Schrader's mama, to sit here and say that they expected this, you're lying. You're, you're lying. lying to us. It's unbelievable what Coach Beck has done, what Coach Anai within this offense. And then, of course, Garrett, you know, really diving in and, and yeah. committing to it. I him. think he, yeah, he, he did, you know, have a cleanup surgery, I think, with his shoulder. With his shoulder. And, uh, you know, obviously that's making a huge difference. But, 
the way he's anticipating guys, he's throwing guys open. They're, they're utilizing every piece of this offense. I, I have been very impressed with Syracuse, and, and the defense speaks for itself. We knew they were going to be good, but now this offense is, is doing their part. So in a division that it was already from Jump Street loaded, now you're adding in these X factors You know, in a Syracuse that, man, look out. When they get some confidence, they have one of the best running backs in the country. They're developing a quarterback that's making a ton of noise. Uh, who knows? Who knows? It's going to be really fun and exciting to see any time that we see an Atlantic matchup this season. I've been so impressed with them. And you just have to tip your hat so far to Dino Babers. And again, it's two games in, but the the signs are there. They have Purdue this week at home. Big game. That's a big non-conference game. Then they have Virginia at home. Then they have Wagner at home. So could we have a 5-0 Syracuse hosting NC State October 15th? 5-0. 5-0. That would ranked be amazing. Syracuse. Ranked Syracuse. Rank them, you cowards. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> okay. St- I put this in the good, but it's not good for Boston College. Okay. Virginia Ooh. Tech. And this was the game Mac was at. We both said Virginia Tech, don't give up on them. And because, to me, Lane Stadium is such a difference maker. Mac was right. saying, look, I'm a little worried about BC. And, and Mac, you were exactly right. I mean, Boston, this game, Virginia Tech won. And I want to give them all the credit. Their defense was, was amazing. They didn't turn the ball over compared to Old Dominion. Huge. This game, to me, was more about how BC looked. I, I don't know what's going on with Boston College, Mac. I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, I'll start with the good since okay. we're in the good segment. I love what Virginia Tech did uh, defensively. They, they had a great job understanding the assignment, knowing that the team that they're facing is struggling on the offensive yeah. line, showed blitzes at times, created pressure with only bringing three at times, just really you know, got in Phil Dracovic's face over and over and over in a lot of different ways. So I thought that was tremendous. That's exactly what I thought the game would look like defensively for Virginia Tech and understanding you know, just your opponent and the opportunity right. that you have there, shutting down the run, limiting the pass severely, you know, being physical with Zay Flowers. It, it looked like every other time Zay's running around, he's getting pressed like crazy yeah. on the line of scrimmage, being physical, trying to throw off any kind of timing, any kind of hot route, and it worked. They were they were extremely successful. I mean, you have that pick, first play or second play, whatever it was from the line of scrimmage. I mean, that set the tone for Virginia Tech and, and just really got that defense going and excited. I also loved, you know, the offensive attack. Obviously, you want more yards. You want it to be a little bit more prolific. Uh, but you have a quarterback in Grant Wells that bounced back really nicely. I mean, he had four he picks, four turnovers. Turn it over this you game. know, in his debut. Uh, and then he plays at home, a place that he grew up watching, that he's always wanted to go. You know, I was I was concerned there could be a little bit of nerves mm-hmm. and try to live up, you know, to what he he wants to be and the expectations that I'm sure his family and everybody has you know, for him and, and growing up in that environment, dad played at Virginia Tech. And so with that, I think he did great and, and you know, handled that moment really well. And, and I think it speaks to him as, as a leader, as a quarterback that, man, you've got to throw out the past and, and just move forward. And how can I help my team this week get a W, especially going against a Boston College pass defense that that's historically really, really good. Last year, you know, number three in the country. And so, again, not that he had 300-plus yards, all these touchdowns. Like, he did enough to win the football game. Love their running attack. And I'll tell you one more guy before we, we go to the ugly here uh, with BC, at least. We still um, – oh, yeah, with BC, yes. <laughs> with BC. Uh, Connor Brum, Bl- Blumrick. Why, do, why can I stutter with his name? I did it twice on TV. <laughs> Connor, I'm so sorry. That's a Blumrick. hard name. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know, twisty turn. Um, he's turning into an absolute weapon. I mean, the fact that I asked Coach Pry, like, what are you seeing with this guy? Did you know you had that? Is it developing right before our eyes? He said, listen, we're finding new ways each week to get him involved. You know, with this passing attack, running attack, he, he is really emerging as a weapon. I, I guess I'm going to call him a tight end. I think that's what he's listed as. Uh, but but just put him as weapon X, you know, because at the end of the day, he has the the brains of a quarterback, knows how to get open, knows where those guys are going with the football, has the toughness of a running quarterback. So put him in the backfield and in the rock. You know, so it, it's going to be impressive to watch him you know, really evolve and, and to in this this piece in this offense. Is he one of the biggest playmakers? I mean, we were kind of mad a week ago that that's who they're going to to end the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Now right. I'm like, well, he's a great option seeing him in person and the things that he was able to do. Yeah, for sure. And here's the bottom line with VT. You're 1-0 in the league. As weird as it sounds, you know, I mean, that that's an embarrassing loss, sure, but you still have a lot of your goals in front of right. you if you're right. the Hokies. Now, with Boston College, Mac. This is a team you and I were both high on. I mean, the Zay Flowers story is is awesome. The fact that he could have left BC but didn't, and his loyalty to Coach Halfley. We've had Phil Dracovic on the show. He's a super talented guy. We had a, a few of their offensive linemen on last year, Zion Johnson and Alec Lindstrom. We knew that it would be tough to replace those guys. And then with the mahogany injury, that was another concern. But, Mac, right. I'm not sure any of us thought – this O-line would be this bad. Four no. rushing yards on 26 attempts. Yeah, and I mean, six sacks obviously crushes yep. you there, but it should never be anything like that. And, and honestly, KG, I think that's one of the you know most surprising parts of it is normally you're at least good at one of them. Like you can either run it right. or pass block. Like we, we've seen historically, okay, Miami, they couldn't pass block, but they could run the ball well. Clemson a year ago wasn't great at pass protection, but they figured out they could run the ball. North Carolina, kind of similar deal a couple of years ago. And these guys are just struggling in in just every facet of the game from, from knowing your assignments to, you know, going the right way to, to just performing. I mean, getting beat on the edge time and time again, both tackles. And, and so – they're in a tough spot. I mean, this coaching staff is going to have to use every piece of knowledge that they have over their years to figure out how, how can we move the ball? How can we keep Phil up? How can we get the ball to Zay Flowers? How can we get the ball to Garwo, Gill, all these great you know weapons that we have effectively and, and quickly, you know, quick game, get it out. max protection, screens. You know, if you're predictable, you're predictable. You got to go like I'm a little concerned for Phil's health at the end of the day. I mean, this guy has been hit like 50-plus times in the first two games. Two games. I mean, that's nuts. And so to see what they're going to do to to find out, okay, how can we salvage this at all, right. it's going to be fascinating. And it's going to have to be Coach Halfley's best coaching job ever because this is a very deep hole that they're in, unfortunately, right now. And it's not just something, KG, that you just magically get better at. Like – that takes time. It takes continuity. It takes weight training. All these different things to be great on the offensive line. You can't just turn that around without scheme being heavily involved. Sure. And so it'll be fascinating to see, you know, what they do defensively. Just hold on. You know, try to do the best you can. They, they obviously have to be better at run defense. Pass defense has been exceptional to start this season. But, man, they're in a really tough spot, BC is. I pulled up their schedule. They have Maine. This week, so should be able to get back on track. And then at Florida State, Louisville, Clemson, at Wake. 
So things are going to get real. I, I don't think anybody out there had BC starting 0-2. It's really surprising. No, no, Very no surprising. question. No question. Okay, a few more goods here. These are our quick hitters in the good section. Then we'll get to the bad and the ugly. We have one game in the bad, one game in the ugly. You could probably guess that. Um, Clemson handled Furman. Miami handled Southern Miss. NC State handled Charleston Southern. Georgia Tech beat Western Carolina. I'm not sure I'm going to say handled. Uh, you could even say Clemson beat Furman because it wasn't a blowout like some of these other games. And even Miami, honestly. I mean, all these games were a little uncomfortable. But, okay, let's start with Clemson. Oh, what an odd game. The defense didn't look great. And in a game where you think you're going to see Cade, you really don't. And DJ looks pretty darn good. Right. I, I, lo I love that you bring that up. I want to start defensively um, just because it, it's really a fascinating thing. Now, now Furman's offense is, is good, and they schemed up really, really well. But at the end of the day, you expect that defense. I was going to say, but – yeah, you have yeah, men, they fun. have boys. Yeah. Like, right. Like you, you fully expect to, to, to go and dominate. But I'd sit here and say that App State and, and Texas A&M, they, you know what I'm saying? They didn't true, think that true. at all. They didn't think that at all. So, you know, when you look at this, it's Marshall, Notre Dame, even probably way worse. Um, so when I look at that, uh, it, it was a short week. Those guys played on Monday night. True, true. It's a quick turnaround. Obviously, they were out on the field. It was a very physical game defensively, the things that they were doing. Um, short week, a lot of emotion, you know, with, with the Brian Brzee and his sister, uh, yes. you know, in, in oh. pregame. And so there were a lot of factors around there. And I, I don't want to make excuses. And I probably know more about this just because it's, you know, the school that I went to. But a, a lot of different things were focused on that defense. And, and it was a it was a very strange performance. Did not expect that uh, at all for Clemson to, to go out there and struggle the, the way that they did. Uh, made a great, you know, kind of red zone um kind of goal line stand they kept mm -hmm. firming out of the end zone that one time which I know they're excited to see that growth Levanta Bentley was like on fire that drive he was making plays left and right so I know they're excited about that and then offensively DJ looked fantastic and I know it's the opponent it is what it is but I was glad to see him do that stuff on air because we hadn't we hadn't seen him true. manipulate the it's pocket so we hadn't seen him extend plays you know hit guys and anticipate I mean if you go back and listen to you know, last Monday's episode and, and even some of the stuff that I said on the huddle, those were the two biggest things, mobility and anticipating throwing guys open. And he did both. He checked the box. And, and so that's great to see that. Now what I'm interested to see, does that confidence in, I can do this. I've done this. Like, let's go do it again. D does he build on that? Does it compound quickly that now he has proven to himself that it's not, I have to sit there, I'm frozen, I don't know where to go to the ball. Like, trust those guys a little bit. Let's get going. And, uh, you know, wide receivers still have to help him. I mean, there was probably four or five nice deep balls that those guys just did not come down with. So, you know, there, there's, you know, normal struggles that we've seen kind of arising back and forth, but very promising what I saw from DJ and, and excited for him, you know, to keep growing and, and just prove it because, all the skill sets are there. Listen, we've shown you plenty of tape on what he can do. It's just the consistency piece and and being able to step up and you know be the guy. There's a lot of pressure with that position at Clemson and the position that 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 the eliteness that it has developed into over these last seven years. I think the biggest difference, besides the first quarter against Georgia Tech, he looks a lot more confident. And to yes. me, that was his biggest issue. That and the mobility. Last year. Right. Now, Mac, do you agree? Remember what I said during our Clemson preview episode that you can't lose a job against Georgia Tech, Furman, and Louisiana Tech? Well, the good thing is he didn't lose it. That's what I'm saying. I didn't say he was not going to. And that was when he wouldn't let it happen. 
That's right. That's right. Well, it, it was and DJs play better than we see. thought. So there's right. that part too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So great to see. It. Great to see. It. So let's talk about Miami here because uh, Miami and Texas A&M play this week, and everyone's hype, or at least was. Uh, Miami beat Southern Miss. A&M lost to App State, but Miami didn't exactly destroy Southern Miss. Are you concerned at all about this win? Miami thirty, Southern Miss seven. Well, I was until Texas A&M lost. Um, so now I'm just <laughs> no, like, but for okay. Miami in general, I think I think I honestly think both teams were already looking ahead to each yeah, other. Yeah, got I think be. that's why one lost and one you know snuck out with with an ugly win there. So you know, for me, just constantly seeing that and and some things you know showing up on tape for Miami that their you know defensive backs are were really allowing some big plays. I mean, two games in a row now where guys are going over the top, they're going over them, they're catching passes. There, there's been, you know, kind of this physicality level that really hasn't been met from the secondary, which I thought was going to be the strength of Miami's defense coming into this thing. So mm. be interesting to see if they can pick that up. Uh, can, can they continue to, to make plays and, and do the things necessary? It was great to see Tyreek Stevenson come with a big pick that obviously got some good momentum going. Um little bit of concern about the offensive line. You know, Tyler's been hit a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's been sacked a, a, a good bit for these first two games. Texas A&M's defensive line is is good, and they're obviously, you know, going to scheme up and, and try to get after him. So it, it will be interesting, KG, for me, just because the, the level of competition, you know, on paper has been so low for Miami. It now has. that it's this massive big game, you know, do we see another gear, you know, kind of kind of flip? The run game has been fantastic. Um, you know, for Miami and then that offensive line getting good push and, and seeing Rooster back was great. Jalen Knighton for Miami. So it, it, this is going to I mean, this is the litmus test. We told you that from from, you know, week zero that we knew that this will be when we find out about Miami. Obviously, a little bit of a damper with with Texas A&M losing, but a lot of juice, a lot of bragging rights. And, you know, again, from a national perspective, this is how you change the narrative. This is how you get that respect. So Miami, a big task. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see, can they go out there and get that thing done? As someone who grew up a Texas fan, seeing Texas A&M lose is just, mwah, is it just warm, kiss. Does it just I mean, warm your little heart? Does it it's just my favorite thing in the world. However, <laughs> for Miami, I think it's unfortunate in some ways. I do too. Because do too. now it's a lose-lose almost. Like you obviously go out there and win. You still get the win. It's still a big deal. But nationally, people are like, well, they lost to App. And then if right. you lose, people are saying, well, they lost to App. So it it kind of is unfortunate for Miami. They can't worry about it. I get that. But yeah. as much as I like seeing the Aggies lose, it's not the best case scenario for the Hurricanes. Sure. You, you would have liked to have seen that this coming weekend instead. Yeah, exactly. uh, but you'll see both. You hopefully see both <laughs> and, and you feel really good about it. Uh, I think Texas A&M is still ranked. So, so that'll be fun. I don't have it in Matt, front of me. Of course they'll still be ranked. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think that that, yeah, I think that'll be good, you know, obviously to, to have a ranked win on the road for Miami if they can get that done. So, uh, it, it, again, I'm with you. I agree. Um, but just go handle business because it's still perception. It's still right. SEC, ACC and uh, a great opportunity, you know, perception. for both to, to get a big dub here. That's the word, Mac. Perception. Agreed. That's right. All right. NC State rolled over Charleston Southern. Georgia Tech beat Western Carolina. NC State, I look, they just they took it to an inferior opponent. They got a bunch of players right. involved. They played multiple quarterbacks. That was good to see. Georgia Tech won a game, Mac. Got a dub, baby. That's all that matters. So they that's got a dub. Great. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to go to NC State real quick before we move on, it was good to see Devin Leary get in, back in the saddle to, to look and, and be, you know, that guy that we thought. I mean, six touchdowns, two rushing, four passing, 
uh, that's it. I mean, that, that's how you win awards. Those are the type of numbers you need to have. Uh, control of the offense. Defense look good. Um, just just continue to grow. That that was the team that right. you know I expected to see more shades of in week one. Uh, that that good to see in week two as as we get rolling into better competition as they play Texas A and M this or Texas Tech, excuse me, this week. Mm-hmm. Who had a big you know dub over Houston, who yeah. was twenty five. So uh, you know a big ranked win for for Texas Tech going into this game. That's going to be a sneaky good game, Texas Tech and Houston. I'm or sorry, um, Texas Tech and NC State. That game already yeah. happened. It was good. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Do you have anything to say about Georgia Tech, Mac, or do you want to get onto the bad in the? Oh, no, just just good to see him get a win. Just try to build on it. Try to build momentum, and uh, yeah, it gets tough. Old Miss is coming to yes. town, or you're oh. going there. I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry, but yeah, tough game. Tough Georgia game Tech. right away. That schedule always always brutal. Okay, let's get to two games that we definitely need to discuss. I'm calling them the bad and the ugly. Now, here's the thing with this Pittsburgh game: number 24 Tennessee beats number 17 Pittsburgh 34 to 27. Highly entertaining college football game. Like, great game. And Pitt has played, arguably, if you look at just their schedule, they've been the most entertaining team so oh, yeah. far with their no games. Question. Now, they got up 10 nothing towards the end, or very close to the end of the second half. Um, Slovis gets hurt. And, and this, I hate to pull the Colt McCoy here. Does Pitt win this game if Keaton Slovis doesn't get hurt? You don't right. know. But then Nick Patty right. gets hurt, and he's limping around. So, it was unfortunate. Pitt also got some breaks with the muff punt. In the end, I think Pitt's going to look at this game and, and say what if, and I think Pitt fans right. look at this game and say what if because of right. what we were talking about earlier, how the playoffs are a little more open. Those two wins to get the season started would be huge, but mm-hmm. it's still a quality loss. Pitt's still in a good spot. I thought this defense did some good things. You hate quality loss, don't you? I, it's just a tough game to talk about because Pitt didn't have their starter. Yeah. Shout out, shout a hey, shout out to the ACC finally getting a quality loss. I'm super excited for them. We love it. Um, I think one <laughs> thing, if, if to look at it from that perspective and to flash, you know, fast forward all the way to, to December, um, the committee looks at what happened in the game. Yeah. They'll look at okay, Keaton Slovis got hurt at halftime. Pitt couldn't couldn't seal the deal. I mean, they'll totally pay attention to that if Pitt runs right. the table and, and is in in question mark. I think if they're you know, one loss is to Tennessee. They win the championship. They're in no matter you know, really what happens. I, th- I think they'll be fine there. Um, but yeah, just looking at the game, you know, I, I thought it was a great attack. I love what we saw from, you know, Slovis to start. It was back and forth. It was two really good teams that, you know, were feeling each other out and, and then, you know, taking some shots and, and figuring, you know, they need to get on the board. The one thing that has popped up to me with this pit defense in these two games is they are just right there with that defensive line. Mm. I mean, they, they get so close, you know, to getting these guys down, and then boom, they squeak out, and it's a seven-yard gain, or it's a first down on third and six, you know, something of that or nature. It's a huge and so, game because you, game you leave the DBs they're in man-to-man. exactly, right. and you you just don't get there, and then the DB gets right. beat. Right, and, and so with that, man, I, I just think of how differently both of these first two games could be. You know, if Pittsburgh had the five plus sacks like they could have, uh, if they just finished the drill or got there just a little bit quicker, um, which I know that's that's asking a ton. I mean, that's that's obviously a huge accomplishment to have five plus sacks in a game. So with that, it, it's just going to be an uphill battle. This defense is what it is. They don't ever change. They put their corners in adverse do. situations, and uh, you got to go make plays. And you expect that defense to get home, and when they don't. Uh, you, you can get burned. And, and other players are obviously very good. They have scholarships and they make great plays too. And uh, 
you know, that's just really what we saw from Tennessee ending it there in, in overtime. You know, Hinton Hooker, they have a couple of uh, tackles for loss and maybe even a penalty. They're backed up and, you know, he throws a, an awesome, you know, kind of skinny post for a touchdown. And then obviously Tennessee does what they need to defensively to win the game. But, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of excitement still for Pitt. I think your team, a, as good as they've been, I think can get better and, and can learn from these you know mistakes that they've had. And uh, again, two really good football teams. Pitt's still ranked. Uh, have a great schedule in front of you. And and I still think all your goals, obviously in the ACC and in conference play, but I think nationally too, if, if you run the table, you, you'll be just fine. For sure. It, it's just hard to look at that loss and think, man, what if? Because that could have been a big win for Pitt. And then you're probably looking Absolutely. at maybe a top 10 team. I, I did think it was a good sign that Pitt ran the ball better, Abanacanda. Ran the ball oh, man. really well, yeah. 150 yards. And Hammond wasn't available, so it yeah, was good to see Izzy, Izzy yeah. step up and and uh, you know have that breakaway speed, have that power, and still in the passing game had a couple of really huge you know re- receptions that turned into big plays. So he, he's a special player. And then how about Big Gavin hurtling over a that guy having sick. a great touchdown? It was good to see him involved. He wasn't involved hardly at all yeah. against West Virginia, and so great to see him in this game. You know, really get going and, and get him the football. That was a heck of a play. I had to like watch that again and again when I can find the clip on Twitter. Um, okay, so in the end, look, it, it's a quality loss. I hate that. I understand. But it is what it is. What, with that game, Mac, one more comment from me. It's still hard for me to believe that this Hendon Hooker was at Virginia Tech. And now he's over here throwing for 325 and two touchdowns. It, it has to eat Virginia Tech fans up. What he's doing? Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm glad Coach Rick. He said it on on air last night or, or uh, Saturday night, and you know it was so funny because that's all I was thinking about watching that it, game was Heisman, Dark Horse, Hinton Hooker should be here, and he ain't. Yes, and, uh, exactly. I, you know what? Good for him though, because that offense at Tennessee sure. is fun, and they're wide open, and he's making a lot of plays. Good for him. Not good for Virginia Tech. Bad for VT. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> our last game, Mac. We'll end with this one. The ugly. Virginia goes to Illinois and gets worked. Yeah. Illinois beats Virginia 24-3. This offense, the offense, and the, I mean, you can only give up 24 points. You'd think if you're Virginia, you give up 24 points, you'd be in the game. But this offense right. could not do anything. Brennan threw two picks. Uh, I thought his quote, they couldn't run the ball, but his quote at the after the game, he said, they just flat out beat us on every one-on-one. That's all I can really say. That's talent. Which is crazy. Which is crazy because all the talent – you know, that they have, right. you know, at, at the wide receiver position. But I think a lot of it was not having time. I mean, he got hit a bunch. It's kind of a theme this weekend for quarterbacks. Um, and, and just a rough game. Anytime that you cannot be balanced, anytime you try to hang on to running. I mean, that's what I, I told you. I was interested to see when the run can't go and, and when you only have, you know, two yards per rush and, and you try to force the issue, do you abandon it and, and throw the ball and try to get your team back in it? There was one point where Brennan was like, Eight of twenty-two, and I was just like, Ooh, "Yeah, this is rough. This this is a tough game." And you got to give credit to Illinois. I mean, I, I didn't think they'd be able to hang in there. Didn't think they'd be able to catch up uh, if in that situation. But you know, when you run the ball for you know forty-five times for two hundred yards, and uh, you know your quarterback's plays extremely well, it, it's hard to overcome. And especially that you know muff punt or fumble, what 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 it was from Billy Kemp that you know ended in a touchdown for for Illinois. There's a lot of things that. Man, they can just swing momentum so quickly. And uh, freaking Vegas, man, always find a way. 
Always. They don't always know. They didn't know with Duke and, and Wake. They That's knew right. with this game. I'm holding on to that. That's right. And honestly, Pitt and in Tennessee, they were exactly mm-hmm. right because that was a six-point yeah. spread. Crazy. But Crazy. with yeah, with the Illinois-Virginia game, I think our main concern was Illinois can really run the ball. And if they do, then they're going to be able to control this game. And that's really what happened. Yeah. Yeah. They were able to no, dominate. No question. No question. Well, only so. one ugly game this weekend, Mac. And honestly, as we were previewing and from our Friday episode, I kept calling this a sneaky good weekend. And it was. Right. It was a it was. sneaky good weekend. We've got another sneaky good weekend coming Ooh, up. Yes, a really good one, actually. It's not a sne- it's not sneaky. This one's and, less sneaky. Uh, that's right. That's right. It's right in your face, and, and you figure it out quick. We'll have four games on the network. We start at 10 a.m. We've got 11, 3, 6, 9, whatever it is. We've got all <laughs> kinds of games. So going to be a busy weekend. Cannot wait. Uh, we'll have another big guest, obviously, on Wednesday. Can't wait to, to tell you guys who that's going to be. And then, of course, Friday, we break it all down. So, KG, another great episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Go get SiriusXM, download it, subscribe, get it in your radio, get it on your phone. Uh, But we also need you to go over to our YouTube channel, to our Apple Podcast channel, rate, review, subscribe there as well. Always fun to hear from you guys. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.